The following has been brought to you by SJP World Media. Hello and welcome to the Murder in Mind podcast. Uh, I am one half of your hosting duo, Morty, and I am joined, of course, by the Raged Machine. <laughs> Mr. Saipal, he's not, he's not even angry. Mr. Saipal, how are you, buddy? I'm all right, mate. I'm all right. You took me by surprise then, because we've been talking for a little while, yeah. and then you said, oh, I suppose we better do this now. And there was no pause. We just jumped straight into the I'm intro. Sorry. And I was midway through swigging out of my beaker of squash. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> no, I nearly did the wrong intro as well. I nearly said, welcome to the Murder in Mind podcast, uh, a show of two nobodies talking about nothing, which is kind, kind of is accurate. <laughs> it's, not, it's the wrong podcast. <laughs> oh, man. How are you doing? Okay. I'm all right. Yeah, I'm not too bad, my buddy. I'm not too bad. Been a been a... Mm, Strange day, I would say at work, but um, good. But just just unusual uh, mm. for my my job. But it's uh, I've been good. The episode that we're looking at today, I only watched rewatched literally about an hour ago, so it's me. fresh in my mind. Um, yeah, what about yourself? Yeah, okay, mate. Okay, I mean, I'm not gonna lie. If I see another pane of glass uh, for a door again anytime soon, I'm probably gonna have a shit fit. I've been lifting far too much. So glass. He does that for a job, guys. It's yeah, no, yeah, it's weird not, yeah. He's got. <laughs> <laughs> just scared yeah. of French. I, I, just, <laughs> the amount of glass that I've lifted this in the last, I would say, two weeks has just been silly. I mean, on the plus side, my shoulders feel toned. It's just the rest of me is still blubbery. <laughs> There's one massively muscular shoulder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The other one's not because I balance it on that arm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's the reason you've got one really strong arm. Yeah, got yeah, you. That's, got that's you. it, mate. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, last week um, we watched. I was trying to think what we watched then. Uh, it was uh, that's not a good sign for the episode. It was disposal, wasn't it? Which mm. was um, poor old Barry, which did yes. turn out not to be so poor. It was uh, uh, Rob Bryden, wasn't it? Yes, and um, I think we agreed in the end that we were both going to murder that particular episode on our little uh, rating scale, didn't we? Yeah, too much talking to the camera, mate. Yeah, it was yeah. A bit, just a bit strange all round, wasn't it? Yeah, and it's the way it was done because I'm a massive hypocrite. So I, I, I watched. <laughs> I'm a massive hypocrite anyway. Um, uh, I'll, I'll give a plug to it. I don't know why, but you can delete it. Uh, Disney Plus has recently uploaded. I think recently. I never noticed it before. All of the episodes of Criminal Minds. Okay. Yeah. Every single series was on there. Brilliant. So I saw it and I was in a hotel the other day and I thought I'll just um I'll watch from the beginning of Criminal Minds, watch a couple of episodes. And obviously they talk to the camera in the first sort of series. I don't um, remember that, do they? They do, they talk to the camera, but the way they do it is really good and it doesn't put me off. So okay. so they talk to the camera in the first series and the background changes. So oh, they'll, be, yeah. they'll be sort of discover, discussing this person's behavior and they'll have just some sort of background actors coming in and, you know, like putting a pen nice and neatly or whatever. But it works like they're doing a lecture. Mm. 
it feels like they're doing a lecture because also it's interspersed with there's a voiceover at the beginning and the end of each episode, which is a quote from a book. And Gideon, for example, does lectures. It doesn't just jump out of like something's happening and then suddenly he looks at the camera and goes, hello, I'm Barry. You know? <laughs> it's not I like put that. a body in the bin. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're, just, they're just discussing, you know, these behavioural traits. But the way they've done it is kind of like, And to be honest, Hustle do it all the time and it doesn't bother me and Hustle either. It just felt really weird in this context. It just took me out of the, okay. the story, really. Um See, yeah. I love Criminal Minds, and that was something that my wife got me into. And literally, when we first got together, mm. uh, Criminal Minds, I just thought was absolutely fantastic. But I, I couldn't remember that happening until you literally started talking about it and reminded yeah. me. So I'm just, I'm, I'm going to slip my neck out here and say, what is there now? Fifteen seasons or something? I think, I think sixteen, either that or a sixteenth one has just been commissioned. Okay. I think, no, the sixteen because it's on Disney Plus. is sixteen. Okay, right. Because it because it got it got stopped for a while. Yes. And there's the new series that's just been made. Yeah, I think that might be series sixteen. Then maybe. Okay. Yeah, the the whole talking to the camera thing doesn't go on as very. No, long, I don't think I it goes think. on much longer than the first series, really. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it's it's brilliant and it gets better as well. It's so good. Yeah, there's some really strong episodes, and and you know, hey, maybe one day we'll look at some of it for this because uh, because a lot of them are almost standalone episodes it's mm-hmm. easy to catch up um so you know maybe we will uh all oh, the doctor who alerts will be a challenge uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but this week we're not looking at that um we are looking at uh, murder in mind from uh the bbc back in this was series two so this is 2002 it's easy for me to remember that um and this is an episode called Rage, and we, well, you knew nothing about it apart from the fact it was called Rage. Nothing at all. And when I pressed play and, and you know, watching the episode, uh, I knew nothing, I remembered nothing. I can safely say that I have never seen this before. Okay, this will be interesting then. This will mm. be good. Uh, also interesting to note that this episode was written by the creator of the series. Definitely uh, not Barry. Anthony not Barry. Horowitz. There we go. There we yeah, go. Yeah, so he wrote this episode. Um, he's the only writing credit for this. Okay, right, interesting. Yeah. Um, we've liked some of the we've liked the episodes he's done previously, haven't we? I think. Yes, I can't. Teacher was he did he definitely he loved, did teacher. We liked teacher, didn't we? Teacher. Yeah, um, I think he was the sole writing credit for two that we've watched, but I can't remember which the other one was off the top of my head. Okay, teacher was definitely one of them. Um, but yeah, this one is uh, this one's by him. So shall we just get straight into it? Yeah, and the, my very first note says it's daytime. Uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh no. Yeah. So we have uh, out of all the episodes what so far, two have started in the daytime, and we put them both in the bin, or said they're both be at murder, haven't we? So yeah, mm, nothing good. <laughs> nothing good happens in daytime. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yes, it's nothing, true. Nothing good happens in the daytime. Apart from uh, McMuffins. Well, I suppose yeah. That's true. <laughs> and they're not good for you. No, but they're yeah, they're good though. <laughs> Pure grease. That's what I like. Um, yeah. So as is the way with uh, with murder in mind, we uh, we kind of open up straight away with a uh, a, a vision of a knife, mm-hmm. and it's kind of interspliced with um, someone making toast and boiled eggs, and you think, uh oh, here we go. I, I, I suppose you probably did because you didn't know what was happening. You probably thought we were jumping straight to a murder, did you? Yeah, I thought it was going to be one of those episodes where 
we see the murder straight away and then we either get like the the flashback kind of thing where we, it says like you know three months earlier or whatever mm-hmm. or it's you know the murder and then the killer trying to deal with what they've done because we've had both of those formats before haven't we Yep, yeah, so I thought quite quite a clever way of doing that because, like mm. you say, they've set a precedent in previous episodes that that can happen. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, but it wasn't. It was just a knife that he lost and he found because he's a knife salesman. Well, he sells quick kitchen equipment, but mm. he's specifically trying to sell knives at the moment. Yes, which made me chuckle a little bit because I've just watched an episode of Faulty Towers for the Faulty Towers podcast, <laughs> and the, one of the main characters in the, this particular episode is a spoon salesman. And I don't know why, yep. it just reminded me of him. <laughs> it takes me to work okay because <laughs> i have you know suppliers that supply things like this yeah uh, and also i'll tell you why else it makes me think of work as well in a minute um but yeah so uh, knife is lost and we've got uh, a mother and son and it's a net crosby we spoke about last week yes she is literally the only person i recognized in the whole whole show really yeah Wow! Oh, no, hang on. That surprised me. The blonde lady looked familiar, but okay. I didn't know her. Know her? I was like, "Is one of those where do I know her from, or do I actually know her, or am I just you know?" Okay, right. Well, you might do. Uh, we'll, we'll find out. But Annette Crosby is the lady that we see. Uh, she's Margaret from uh, One Foot in the Grave. We spoke about a little bit yes. last week, and also it's a Doctor Who alert. Hey. <laughs> she was in Matt Smith's first story. Um, she pops up as Mrs. Angelo. Oh as, yeah! So there you go. The name is the, the name of the character she played doesn't remind me, but that was where there was the is it patient? She knows Zero? Amy, doesn't she? She knows Amy. Okay. Yeah, I think. Right. Yeah, I think she. If I remember correctly, because I only watched it a while ago, uh, I think she knows Amy, and Amy comes out of conversation with him, and there's uh, with her around this crack in the wall thing okay and yeah and she's dressed in a stripper or kissogram gear yeah that's and, it yeah and she asked when did you like, start with the police dear yeah. that's yeah yeah got it yeah that's her um she was also in one of the uh, stories in the first series of waking the dead and i mentioned that because uh, waking the dead we've mentioned before is one of those mm-hmm. series that um i think uh i wouldn't say it's forgotten about i think it's probably remembered more than this but i certainly don't think it gets the love it should no, I remember it being very good. I get it's one of those things where I can remember the show. I can mm. remember a couple of the people who were in it, but I can't remember anything about any of the stories. But I remember it being good. So I watched, I'd already seen them, but I watched like six series with my wife, and she doesn't remember a single bit of it. Doesn't even remember no. watching it. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's good. Enough times pass now that we, if and when I start watching that, I won't remember exactly what happened. I might yes. remember bits. Like these Criminal Minds rewatch that I'm, I've started, I've seen some characters I've gone, oh yeah, and I just don't remember at all what's happening. Okay. Because so in the sorry. first series, again, they're kind of, you don't know who the killer is until the end, where they kind yeah. of, they very rarely do that as time goes on either, do they? You start um, a bit more. It, yeah, it sort of, sort of varies a bit, doesn't it? But yeah, you tend to find it's more about the chase than actually figuring out well, who it yeah. is yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and then you've got um uh edward buttermore who's played by neil Ju- uh, dudgeon um surely best known as john barnaby in midsummer murders uh, but you said you've never seen it so no never seen that um so he he's the main character in midsummer murders he took over from the dude that used to be in heartbeat okay right uh, he also was in an episode of lovejoy a fantastic stuff <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, so uh, their mother and son, um, 
he spills some milk or cream. It looked like I don't know. Was it milk? I'm, I'm, it looked like a milk, didn't it? Like out of a little little jug. Yeah. Um, he gets quite cross, um, and she kind of t- tidies it up. The reason I'm mentioning it is because uh, you quite quickly see their relationship, don't you? Um, yeah, he's very. He's in his what? Forties. You think so? He is. I think so. He's uh, might be. I don't think I'd, he's much older. Maybe I would say like mid forties. Yeah, there's something later on that is spoken about a family member who who dies and so on, mm. and the age of that person sort of led me to. I was trying to guess his age in comparison to that person. Right. So. Okay. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, yeah, we get quite a feel for their relationship straight away. Um, you know, she she is very much uh, a bit bit controlling mum. Without and, a doubt. Uh, he's a bit of a mummy's boy, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, which a friend mocks him for. We meet Frank, a guy called Frank, and he, he mocks him really, doesn't he? Um, he's trying to sell Frank some knives, uh, but he kind of makes a joke about him living with his mum, and he says uh, that he's got a missus. Did he say he had a missus or that he was going on he, a date? He said that he he said that he should go and get himself a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And Ed responds, well, how do you know I haven't already got one? And then he won't tell him his tell tell Frank the girl's name. So it's like that one going, you know, when you're a kid, and you're like, I have got a girlfriend. She just goes to another school. It's, it's that one, isn't it? Is that <laughs> bitch? <laughs> Tell me, <he> lied. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, Frank is played by Philip Bird. Uh, he's been loads of quite loads of few, loads of things. I would say he's got a very recognisable face, but you don't recognise him either. No, he's been in lots of stuff as sort of a bit part actor, uh, but also Doctor Who alert. Oh, okay. God, we're was firing in, on all cylinders already, aren't we? He was in Classic Who. Okay. Uh, well, he was, but you wouldn't recognise him. He was in Classic Who as a swampy warrior <laughs> uh, in two episodes: uh, "The Power of Kroll," which was a Tom Baker story in nineteen uh, seventy-eight. I imagine that's pretty much all of Tom Baker on on my BritBox account has got like the little line on it to say that I've part played it because <laughs> right. I get, I, I'll go to bed and put Doctor Who on to fall asleep to. So I know I've probably seen the first episode of that, but yeah. anything beyond that, I'm not sure. <laughs> I would imagine Swampy Warrior, he's just in some sort of swamp get up. Mm, I expect so. Either that or his parents were incredibly cruel when they christened him. <laughs> <laughs> So, Mr. Warrior. <laughs> oh, that bit's cool. Hey, what's your, what's your <laughs> first name? Swampy. swampy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Swampy Sigh. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, he, he's not he's not having a not having a great day. He gets splashed by a car when he's getting stuff out of the boot, doesn't he? Um, he's going around trying to sell kitchen equipment, trying to sell knives to all these people. Um and uh, he gets a notice put, like parking notice put on his car. Um, We've all had those to, days, haven't we, where everything seems to go wrong? It, all the little things add up and just niggle at you, don't they? And you just like, oh, here we go. And I suppose he did knock the milk over at the beginning as well. Yeah. And just constant little things. Um, at one point, so he's trying to sell these knives. No one's buying them. They sounded expensive for a set of knives back in 2000. And, uh, oh, I wouldn't have bought them. Um, but uh, especially they look like really generic kitchen yes, knives. they didn't look anything special, did they? <laughs> <laughs> um, at one point, he's leaving a hotel and some knobber walks into him, makes him drop the case of everything and just keeps going. Yeah, doesn't even acknowledge that he's done it. Dig. Yeah, that was um, a bit. 
Should have stabbed that bloke. Uh, well, that <laughs> Spoiler was alert. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry going, we've all had those days, haven't we? None of us have killed anyone at the end. Well, Scottish Danny. None of us have yeah. killed... <laughs> Do you know what's really funny about that? We we mentioned Scottish Danny and, and being a bit stabby. Pretty much every episode <laughs> you of the murder, that. <laughs> being the first uh, pretty much every episode now of the Murder of Mind podcast, we mention him. Mm. Uh, and it's some sort of joke. So people who hear this who aren't part of our sort of little <laughs> wrestling online community, and it's going because this is different to what we normally do or normally yeah. listen to or normally speak to, they're gonna be thinking, Yeah, they're mate, he sounds dangerous, you know. Because they're not gonna get <laughs> the jokes, are they? <laughs> You're actually one of the sweetest little people you'll ever meet. <laughs> Just don't make him angry. Yeah. Don't let him near knives. Um, he's got a lot of rock sacks, let's put it that way. Um, yeah, so um, yeah, he's, he's obviously peed off with that, as he would be, mm-hmm. and he throws his bag into the car, into the passenger seat, uh, and the bag obviously has the knives, so the knives are all sh- thrown over all over the place. What did you think here? Did you think, uh-oh, something's going to happen? Uh, well... Because they zoomed in, one of the knives was sort of right blade up, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, it was very prominent, wasn't it? And it's that mm. kind of, I suppose it's sort of foreshadowing what's going to happen in a way with the title being called Rage. You can see this guy mm. getting a little bit more agitated, a little bit more agitated, a little bit more wound up, and then the knife is there, and I'm thinking, okay, he's just going to lose his shit in a minute and kill someone. And I wasn't far off, I don't think. Uh, no, we'll <laughs> see. Um... I've also I've also thought, who the fuck wears driving gloves? Well, he put on some driving gloves, didn't he? Yeah, I don't know. I think he put gloves on just to drive. I think my dad had a pair of driving gloves once, but it was probably That's one a of really those... old-fashioned thing, though, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably one of those things that he did purely to wind my mum up, though. That does sound <laughs> like something he would do. Well, just because you think it would annoy her? Yeah, oh yeah, totally. He would do stuff like that all the time. I've, t- I've told the story before, maybe even on this podcast, that he would sit there at night and, and read the yellow pages, read the phone book. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just because he knew how much it pissed my mum off. And it's just like, well, why would you do it? And he's just like, oh, that was funny. He's like, okay. <laughs> Is your dad Fitch? <laughs> that would be a weird it's the, it's the reading bit that may, maybe puts that into uh, to question, but he 100% just does things to wind his missus up. Does he? <laughs> oh, 100%. He's constantly trying to wind her up. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so, he, you know, he's driving. Uh, he's, like I said, he's had a bad day. He looks by, He gets to a junction, looks both ways. There's nothing there. It's quite clear there's nothing there. Mm-hmm. Um, pulls out, and the car is heading at him. Uh, so I've written here. I've, so I was writing these notes as I was going. Um, these notes I originally wrote, like, a year ago. Uh, I mentioned saying, the side yes. the other day. After I, when I did my rewatch, I started making notes, because me and Si were discussing doing this. And then so much time went by that I'd forgotten the whole episode. Um, so when I was writing these, I've written that um, he looks both ways at the junction, pulls out, car is heading towards him. Must have been going at some speed. Uh, but we don't see if it crashes. We then mm. cut away. Yeah, quite cleverly done. Because uh, already I'm then, then thinking, okay, what's happened here? Mm-hmm. You know, And also, where did that car come from? Because it's a long country lane. Yeah. You can see all the way down it, and there is no mm-hmm. car there. So even if it's travelling at some pace, we're going to see that car, I think. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, he gets home uh, and he's you know, visibly shaken. He gets himself a, a strong drink uh, and we see blood on his shirt. And then uh, and then his mum walks in. Yeah, and she again just goes off on one, doesn't she? She's very controlling, very snappy, very... 
she just doesn't come across like a happy person at all. No, no. Well, I mean, her son has come home covered in blood. Well, okay, there is that. But, <laughs> <laughs> but in general, no, you're right. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I didn't mean just in this scene. but <laughs> yeah, In this scene, she's worried and, and all that kind of stuff. But you are right. Um, she asks what happened. And he tells her that he killed someone. Mm. What did you think about this? Well, first of all, I, I initially thought, okay, so somebody's died in the car crash. Is that is that what's happened? But we quite quickly get a flashback, don't we? We do. We go straight but, back. And Ed, Eddie, the main character, he's quite visibly shaken when he says that line to his mum as well, isn't he? You can see mm-hmm. he's, he's genuinely like shook up about what's happened straight off the bat. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. Um so we get uh, some guy, which we find out later is called Gareth, getting out of his car straight away, really aggressive, mm. shouting. At, um, Edward tells him, get out of the car, and he's blaming Edward for not looking. And Ed gets out, and I put rightfully says that he was uh, speeding. Um, he says, I was only doing 50 in a 40. Uh, he says, I was only doing 50, and Ed says, it's a 40, right? Yeah, so, that's right. Um, and he says, uh, <laughs> Gareth goes, what's that got to do with anything? <laughs> it's got a smirk out of me um and uh and yeah everything it has everything to do with it mm. um yeah so he's shouting at him he pushes edward and edward's begging him to leave him alone he punches ed into the uh in the stomach which makes ed fall into the car he grabs the knife that we spoke about earlier well it's a different knife um but one of the knives and gets up and he stabs him yeah but it's and very much like it reminded me of the the actual stabbing that happened in Teacher, more yeah. like a sort of bundling together as opposed to a, you know, an actual turnaround doing someone, so to speak. You know, it's yeah. And the shot was probably well. See, it was it was different in terms of this was daytime and stuff. The shot was quite similar in that he just kind of falls into him almost with yes. the knife, and then they both look shocked. It was similar, sort of similar thing. That may, maybe Anthony um, Horowitz trying to tell us something. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Let us know, mate. Let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Don't suffer your um, guilt in silence. <laughs> so yeah, and then he um, he panics and he drove off, leaving the guy there, and that's uh, we saw what happened. So um, yeah, so he tells his mum that he's going to call the police, and she says not yet. And we had this whole conversation, don't we, really, between them going back and forth. Um, she's kind of telling him that it's self defence. Um, uh, yeah, the, one thing before before I ask you about this scene, uh, another ongoing thing with Murder in Mind is they do put little bits of comedy in, whether they are supposed to be comedic or not, I don't know. But there's been the odd line here and there, and this one got me. I don't know about you, it did make me laugh a little okay. bit. Okay. Um, she says to him, um, I'm, I'm, you know, she, they're talk, they're talking about what's happened, he wants to go to the police and all that. Said, but you've stabbed him with a kitchen knife. And he just very quickly goes, a five-inch fillet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was so well done. Oh, it's, it, it is funny. It is good. I hope they do put those in intentionally. Otherwise, that's a real shame. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it was, it, um, you know, it was just the way it was delivered. She was, mm. she so quickly, panically, like, you killed with a kitchen knife. And he just really quite, kind of quietly goes, five-inch fillet. Yeah, <laughs> you, you're wrong, mother. <laughs> to be precise. At this point, though, I thought we were going to get a 
a story of because his his mum's saying well, no we're not calling the police mm. and she says that they'll take him away and, and all this sort of stuff and it's obvious they, that it's just the two of them at this point well not yeah. obvious but that's how it comes across isn't it well it point. is because they mentioned that i missed it earlier but when he was with his friend he makes the oh, point that yes. they they live alone and yeah so she's obviously doesn't want to be you know left alone and so on i'm thinking now okay this is called rage because it was a road rage incident Mm-hmm. It was the other guy who was angry, and that's ended up with an accident. And we're going to get a tale of Ed trying to live with his guilt whilst his mum tries to sort of stop him from going to the police. I thought that was what the whole story was going to be that's at, this feels at this point. time, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, for sure. That, that that's kind of how it feels. It's being set up, doesn't it? Mm. Um, yeah. So uh, I say they 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 have that back and forth. She said she won't let it happen. Um, he's not going to. Um, he's not going to the police. She's made up her mind, and that's what you said earlier about controlling. Oh yeah, yeah. It's, it's not. It's I'm not telling you, you're not going. Yeah. yeah. Um, nobody saw him. Uh, she went to his fingerprints. Explains he was wearing driving gloves. Um, she said, "Act like it never happened." Uh, she she believes him, but the police won't, and he will still go to prison, and she'll lose him. So that's what she's scared of. Mm. Well, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and it is that whole thing of. I mean, at this point, she comes across very, very, uh, I suppose early days to make this assumption, but at this stage especially, she comes across very isolated anyway. Because mm. you're only seeing her interact with her son, and it's always in the house. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've got a crazy theory that I had later on that literally right a minute after I fought it got completely destroyed. It was just like <laughs> not the case at all. So we'll get to that shortly. But yeah, the father did it. Yeah, <laughs> it's no father. Um, it's not. Uh, we see the detective on the TV, don't we? Talking, yes. saying basically saying what's happened, and then it cuts to Gareth's wife Samantha in Ipswich. So I spent many a time in Ipswich. It's not that far from me. Okay. Um, so I, I know Ipswich. So so one of my very good friends, I would say now, a good colleague of mine, lives in Ipswich, and he's a chef. So he probably bought those knives. Um, um, yeah. still got all of them <laughs> mm. um but yeah so it's and there's a bit later on where they walk down the marina i've spent many a time at that marina um okay. so it's quite it's quite funny it's like when you you've said before like doctor who did some stuff uh not yes. that far from you didn't they um it's it's kind of like uh kind of like that because that doesn't really happen to me and i i don't live in ipswich in fact when i say i'm close to it i'm probably 50 minutes <laughs> 40 right, minutes okay <laughs> Like 40 minutes, but that's in the grand scheme of things, that's quite close. Um, but I did spend a, a lot of time uh, around there, so it's um, yeah, it's always quite fun to see. And the zoo they go to later is Colchester Zoo, which is where we went on our um, school trips at school. Oh, wow, half an hour from where I used to live. Um, so yeah, there was, there was a few things in this that were like, Oh, I know that place, <laughs> yeah, it's brilliant, isn't it? Stuff like that, like you said about Doctor Who when it's filmed in Gloucester, and uh, I think the film is called outlaw i think with sean bean in it and danny dyer it was filmed in gloucester and it was it was a missed opportunity for me in a way but uh me and my mate were stopped in the town center and asked if we want to come to a certain pub at a certain time and be extras in a film and we both were like yeah okay same you know it's about, about an hour away um not the pub like an hour away time-wise meeting meeting them there uh we went into another pub for the time being lost track of time didn't turn up 
and yeah basically <laughs> and then this sean bean film comes out and it was filmed in you know one of the pubs on eastgate street which is where everyone goes up town in gloucester and all this sort of stuff and apparently we could have been in the background of that that scene or, or at least we could have been there i'm not sure we'd have made it onto the film or anything like that but <laughs> not if you had already been drinking for an hour no, no, no. <laughs> but it's uh yeah there's lots of car chases all around you know certain parts of gloucester and uh, stuff like that. watch out for the shape well actually this is more like it's more like by the police station and uh where where, where there used to be a couple of nightclubs i used to go to when i was much much younger i mean we're talking 20 odd years ago and it's literally a case of you see there's a certain scene in the film and they they dart down this one little back road by some warehouses and by the by the canal and all that sort of stuff and they swerve around this corner and i go i remember throwing up there because (laughs) because it's right outside the club i used to go to Oh, the good old days. Yeah. <laughs> we, so. we, whenever we used to drive past a certain field, like when we would go visit the town that I used to live in, if my mate was in the car, every time I drive past, he'd go, there's shit in there. <laughs> every time. <laughs> good to know. What kind of tall guide are you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, so his wife's talking. Uh, his wife's Samantha. And she's with the kids and she's basically saying Gareth was a great man. And they ask if she could uh, say anything to the killer. What was she saying? She says, I know you didn't mean to do it. Um, and they've taken that from the evidence that they've said or seen already at the scene that it was likely due to road rage. Mm. Uh, but you've taken a life and you have to turn yourself in. Um, and Edward's watching it quite intently and turns to his mum and says, she's right. And obviously his mum ain't having it. No. No, and it's another example of at this stage, we're led to believe that he wants to do the right thing and mm. his mum is the more sinister of the two, I guess. It's coming off that way, isn't it? Mm. Um, so Samantha is played by Maggie O'Neill and she was best known as Sheila in Shameless. Oh, I've never seen Shameless. Never seen Shameless. No. Uh, she was also Max Browning's sister in EastEnders. Oh, okay, maybe that's why I recognise her from there. Susie, I think she was called. I don't know. I remember Max Branning. So yeah, she was in. She wasn't in that many episodes. I think she had a thing with Phil Mitchell for a while. Stuff like that. She was in it. Everyone does, don't they? Yeah, I have. He's um, dead old Phil. <laughs> uh, and she popped up in Boone. So there you go. Okay. Suffer to know. The more, the more you know. Um, yeah. So um, she's uh, his his mum. I say he's not having it. Um, why would he go to prison for something that wasn't his fault and that she wouldn't know what to do without him? He's all she has. And we have this sometimes murder in mind. They do have a similar conversation a few mm. times. So I think we'll just brush past it. Yeah, and it's, 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 it's guilt tripping though, isn't it as well? That's the she thing. Is. It's, He's yeah. controlling again. Yeah. Um, he drives past the house that he saw on TV because he did say when he saw her outside her house, which is a strange thing to do, I think, if someone's mm. just been murdered, is to have the, the widow outside her home yeah that's very odd very odd yeah i'm I'm not sure if that actually would happen Mm, no not sure about that um although i suppose if a murder happens in a house people usually show the house on the news well yeah i suppose today it felt a bit odd to me but he did make a comment that oh i know that that house is he'd driven past it when he's doing his doing his rounds um so he drives past that house and at first, I the first time I did this because I look at my notes, I don't think I picked up it was the same house. 
Oh, like, okay. Oh, the detective just happens to be walking out of the house. <laughs> He's <laughs> gone was, to the detective's <laughs> place. Yeah. <laughs> but it was he was. I don't think it was a coincidence. He was driving past the house. I think no. it's the, the guilt, and the, he sees the detective, and then he goes to the funeral. This is now all of a sudden took a really weird turn quite quickly, hasn't it? Well, I don't think yet. I think when he went to the funeral, I think it's still guilt. Okay. I think the funeral is still guilt um, because he does walk up to this guy and says to one of the one of the men, um, he's only met Gareth recently and wants to know a bit more about him. So I think that is guilt. Okay. I think at this point, do you disagree? Do you think that that ulterior motive um, later is already in place? I don't know. I'm, uh, well, the ulterior motive later on, I'm not sure if it is, mm. but I'm just he thinking... Was, when he was staring at the video screen and they were doing the close-up of her, mm. his face was quite intense then, but right, okay. I don't know if he just looked at her and thought, oh, she's nice, or if he did just feel guilty about it. Yeah, yeah, maybe a combination of both, I don't know. Maybe. Um, this this guy that he talks to, by the way, he he has been in some stuff, so I've written this. It's a Doctor Who alert. Hey. Uh, he was... Um, uh, he was Stuart Bevan. And he was in six episodes of Doctor Who. He was in the story Green Death from okay. the Pertwee era in 1973 yep. as Clifford Jones. Okay, that name doesn't ring a bell, but I've seen the Green Death but quite a long time ago. Yeah, he was in six episodes, so he must have been, mm. and he's a named character, so he must have, you know, done something in there. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Stuart Bevan sadly uh, passed away in 2022. Oh, okay. Yeah, so uh, that, that's sad. But yeah, he only had a couple of lines, but obviously when I was going through this, I was looking for Doctor Who alerts and mm. what people have been <laughs> in and stuff like that. So uh, he's just down as mourner. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> But yeah, so. a distant cousin to Swampy, uh. <laughs> <laughs> Mourner warrior. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah he, he, um, uh, Mourner warrior says that uh, Gareth was at a club, um, and uh, he finds yeah Ed finds out that it was a golfing club, doesn't he? Yeah, my first thought went to like a a social club, like a you know just a little dingy bar or something. <laughs> I don't know yeah. why. When they said, "Oh, I used to know him from the club," I thought of like, yeah, you know, like a like a community centre or social club. Where, you know, I think of Legion. Yeah, something like yeah. <laughs> yeah, down the Legion, one pound twenty for a pint. Good old oh, times. Fantastic. Um, I, I don't know what the pint was, but <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Uh, then he goes to the wake, mm. which is a bit much. Yeah, this is, and he starts talking to talking to people, and it's not only a bit weird at this point; it's a bit cringe as well, isn't it? It's a he bit. He starts talking to Samantha, the widow's mum. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So he starts talking to Samantha's mum, and then Samantha kind of rocks up. Uh, she was talking to the detective who's also at the wake. Is that normal? I don't know, but to be fair, you do see that Imagine, quite a bit on TV, isn't it? They turn up at the funeral and stuff the funeral. Like that. I get because mm. maybe they're looking out, seeing if there's someone unusual. But he didn't do a very good job, yeah. uh, or maybe he did. I don't know. Um, but uh, but the wake seems weird. Mm. Yeah, fair sure point. The copper that's investigating your husband's murder at his wake, and it's which essentially is is the part where you're supposed to have a bit of a jolly up and remember him, isn't it? Yeah, that is true, actually. And also, which makes it maybe now in hindsight talking about it, a bit weirder, 
the wake is in somebody's house, isn't it? Yeah. It's not like it's a, you know, it's the, the, the aforementioned social club or anything like that. It's not like it's, you know, it's not like the wakes are... A, a, well, sometimes they are i think i think sometimes people have them at their their houses no 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 yes of course yeah no you know I, i've been to wait oh but you mean the detective's the, gone the detective to her house in the yeah, house if he was yeah. if he was if he'd walked into a pub and they had you know uh, part of it rented it's out the for the flame with sambucas yeah put it on expenses <laughs> Uh, just pointing at the people dressed in black and goes I'm with them stick it on their tab <laughs> I was going to go a completely different way what you just said but let's not do that um, <laughs> yeah uh, so yeah he, he starts talking to the, the widow um, so she mentions to her mum briefly that um, there's a witness it was a farmer that witnessed Mm. the crash and it witnessed the the murder um and he's heard this and she's also that farmer's also witnessed the the car and then he starts telling samantha everything about himself his full name where he works and i'm sitting there going what are you doing it's really <laughs> odd behavior again isn't it but um, and part of it this is like this is something that happens a lot in this episode to that i find anyway i can't tell if this guy is just really weird as in he's acting strange mm. or if he's just got issues with social interaction where he's lived such a sheltered life living in you know sort of shut away that's with his mum maybe thinking. that's what i was thinking because that whole world is them two isn't it and mm. um, we discover later on you know he doesn't really make any decisions for himself yeah. or anything like that he's not outgoing um so it could be that but just you know, you're going to visit this person whose husband you've killed, uh, and you're like, by the way, my address is... So what are you yeah, doing? it's like... Oh, dear me. <laughs> Bit odd. It does It does come up later on. There is a purpose to it being in there, but um, but it's odd, isn't it? Uh, he says um, that he's really sorry, and he just wants to know her to know that he's sorry. And she says, no, I'll thank you for that. And he goes, no, I just want you to know I'm sorry. Yeah, and again, it's a bit it's a bit overkill for me. It's it's a bit odd, a bit... And that, because surely she's never met this guy before. He's suddenly there, and he says that. You would be thinking... Yeah, what's... What? You know... That's a bit odd. Yes. And also, no, where's the copper at this point? Do much that? <laughs> yeah. You know? Flame Sambucas. But exactly. Why isn't he thinking... With the mum. With the mum. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Why is it, wasn't the policeman sort of hanging about going, yeah, that dude's a bit sus saying how sorry he is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oi, Mourner, Swampy. What's happening? <laughs> you know that fella. No one here seems to know him. Oh, and he sells <laughs> knives, you say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really odd. It's um, a shame I'm not on duty, Glug. <laughs> <laughs> I'll pick it up tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> Put it on my desk. Um he then puts his foot on it uh, even more because he says that he was close to Gareth. Um, which, you know, he's told other people that he'd only just met him recently, but he said he was yeah. close to Gareth and he'll do anything to help. Uh, Gareth told him a lot about her and she looks absolutely shocked about that and said he never really talked to anyone about his feelings. Um, and he said he always felt guilty being at the golf club all the time, feeling like he should be at home with you. And she was like, nah, that doesn't sound mm. right. 
But again, it doesn't become anything. Because this guy's like, I'm really sorry. By the way, I'm really, really sorry. Also, I knew your husband really well. Now I'm going to tell you all these things that sound nothing like your husband. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, and it's what like, is this? I knew your husband really well. I played golf with him very often, and and nobody just sort of goes, hmm. He's never mentioned you. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's it's uh, it's odd. It's odd. Um. Yeah, we we get a quick bit, don't we, where he's having nightmares um, about the murder. Uh, since first with kind of uh, footage of him telling his mum that he went to the funeral and a bit Margaret. How did you feel about this? Personally, I, I thought this was another classic example of murder in mind, pushing that story quickly quite uh, quite well. Yeah, it, it's a personal thing, I suppose, as opposed to whether it's a genuine criticism. But I'm never a fan of the whole nightmare aspect to stuff when people wake up screaming because there's something bad they've done something bad i appreciate it does happen and, and you know uh, or maybe it does i don't know i've never yeah. i've never stabbed someone so i don't know but i'm never a fan of i don't know if it's because it's been done so much and i'm just a bit like tired of it or i don't know but that being said the the cutting of that and his mum basically telling him off like a naughty <laughs> child I thought that was quite clever because you're getting more of the relationship and I suppose the whole, uh, the, the sort of characters and how they interact into, into, you know, into sliced with what, what's going on in his own head with regards to the actual murder he's committed. Don't you? Yeah. And as I say, it kind of keeps the story moving rather than he gets home and then they have an argument and then he goes to bed and this happens. They kind yes. of put it all together. Uh, Cause yes. as we said before, they've only got about 57 minutes or whatever it is. Uh, to tell the story, mm. um, but I yeah I, I quite I quite like how they kept that moving. Um, I get what you're saying about the uh, the nightmares thing. You know I, I I know that that does happen to people with PTSD and stuff like that. Yeah, so maybe if you did uh, do something horrific like that, um, I, I've I've never done that. But you know sometimes I can't sleep because of things. But I've never I don't think I've ever done something that bad that I've been yeah. woken up and or seen anything that bad. Uh, but I know that, you know, like my uh, my granddad used to have a lot of night terrors uh, from his time uh, during the Second World War. OK, I know I know that he did used to he was a, he was a Japanese prisoner of war. So he used to have a lot of those. He would wake up screaming, uh, wow. sweating and all kinds of other stuff that happened, which I won't say. But uh, yeah. but yeah, so, uh, so I think it does happen. But you're right. It's a bit of a trope in these two yes. shows. Yeah. Um, and now I've written now he's becoming creepy. Oh, the newspaper stuff. For goodness sake. Yeah, he starts sake. cutting out a picture of Samantha, and now he started stalking her. Let's be honest. He's following a, a – I put – it could be out of guilt, uh, but it's still very odd behaviour. Um, he calls at one point and hangs up. It's like proper stalker behaviour now. You say it could be out of guilt, but when he's cutting the picture out, he's like half smiling at it. Yeah, that's not guilt. No, that's uh, – I'm waiting until mum's out. Sort of thing. Yeah, he's he's yeah he's just being a full on stalker. Yeah. Uh, creepy. Now now he's starting to turn creepy. Now we we think this story is developing. You know, he's not. It's no longer. And his and his mum seems to be starting to take a bit of a backseat in the story as well. So mm. uh, I don't know if that you felt that that was kind of yeah. I, and again, it comes back to how how wrong I got it early on with regards to his mum and what I thought this story was going to be, mm. it's literally just taking a massive turn and just 
careered off the road and, and gone in a completely different direction to where I thought we were going in the opening few scenes. Because mm. like you said, his, his mum's virtually non-existent for a little while. Yeah. Or, or she pops up once in a blue moon. More and background, becomes, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it very much becomes about Ed. Being creepy. Yeah, his kind of weird, creepy, stalkery actions yeah. towards the blonde lady whose husband he knifed. Yep. Weirdo. Uh, <laughs> detective Detective rocks up at the shop he works in, wants an inventory of all the sales of that particular knife because it's a, it's a new uh, product mm-hmm. um, from some sort of foreign company. Um, and he again sticks his foot on it, really, because he starts talking to the detective about the investigation and the witness. And the detective says, where did you hear that? Now, I would have just gone, oh, well, because the detective could have seen him at that wake. Yes. I would have just gone, oh, uh, Sam's mum was mouthing off about it. Yeah. Sam was mouthing off about it. He could have just got away with that instead of pretend he wasn't uh, there. See, I don't know. Because later on, when we get I'm jumping about a bit now, I apologise, but later on when he asks, the, sorry, he the, the policeman is at his house and asks him about the witness comment again. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the same thing. Why hasn't he just said I was I was at the wake or such and such told me or whatever? I started thinking, yeah, but then if they do a bit of digging, it won't take long for people to realise that he didn't know Gareth. Yeah. So why was he there? But the detective could have seen him if he wasn't doing his shots. Yeah, yeah. Again, though, that's well. I think maybe the whole detective at the the wake is a bit of a plot hole there. Yeah, yeah, completely unnecessary, really, wasn't it? Yeah, so he like, could have called. He could have called, or he could have popped. He could have come to the doorstep at one point. Mm-hmm. So when when old matey's talking to Sam's mum, he could have looked in the corner of his eye, his eye corner, since Sam go to the door and talking to the detective. So he could be keeping one eye on that, and the detective comes and tells that there's a witness, and then he off he pops. Mm. They could have done that. Yeah, because he wouldn't have been looking around corners looking for people. Yeah, and- maybe. Yeah, and he's not in. Where they're saying it's weird that Ed is at the wake talking to people and making out he knew Gareth and so on. The policeman's at the wake talking to people too. Yeah. He's not making out he knows Gareth, but it's still the same weird behavior. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it was. Uh, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe a bit of a hole there. Um, yeah, so he's talking to um, uh, Edward's boss. He's a bit of a bell end, but never mind. Um, and. Uh, he says about this uh, particular type of knives, and he says that it's um, it's quite uh, popular. Mm. <laughs> uh, but it isn't. Um, Dead points out that most murder investigations are solved in 48 hours, and Edward's boss um, says that they only sold five sets. Um, so, uh-oh. Uh, and that's at that point that Samantha calls the shop, which I suppose was the purpose of him telling her where his shop yeah. was. Yeah, so there's uh, a yeah a way of contacting him. And, you know, it's, it's almost like leaving your business card, I suppose, isn't it? Giving all your details and whatnot. So. Yeah, I suppose so. Um, yeah, so she calls the shop and then they, they meet up, don't they? And that's where they're walking down the marina. Where you've been? I have, many times. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's some nice places down there. There used to be some nice places down there. I don't know about now. Um, uh, yeah, essentially, um, she tells him that uh, Gareth's membership had expired at that club um, and wondered where he had been uh, all that time. So she was uh, after info, really, on his life at the club. 
mm. from this guy that's never been to the club. Mm. <laughs> now, I would argue there were a lot of people at that club that she could have spoken to. Yes, people that she already knows. Yeah. But, you know... Well, I imagine. Well, yeah. Otherwise, I understand why the policeman says, who are all these random people <laughs> yeah. from the club? <laughs> yeah. Well, she said at um, the funeral, didn't she? There was a group of them in the other room. She was like, oh, that's the lot from the club, sort of. Thing. Bell ends, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but she's decided this uh, this random guy that she'd never met before would be the best port call. Mm. Um, yeah, so she, started, she, she seemingly didn't have a happy marriage, really. That basically is what this scene is kind of telling you. Um, and she wants uh, Ed to take her to the club. Uh, and he's not able to say no, really, because he can't think of a, a reason or an excuse. Uh, takes her to the Dolph Club. The receptionist is a knob. Yes, totally. But I'll tell you what, I, I think a lot of, a lot of this episode, uh, Ed's a weird one for me because he's obviously, he's done the killing and we find out other bits and bobs as we're going along, which I'm not going to mm. dive into now. But then he's also got this weird, creepy stalker gimmick going on. And then he's, he's also got this... <laughs> The stalker yeah. gimmick, that was a different guy. Yeah, it was, it was. <laughs> he's, uh, he's also got this weird kind of downtrodden mummy's boy, you know, mm-hmm. whipped into shape at home kind of effort, I suppose. But here, I think he's brilliant. The way he, the way he plays that out, he's never been to the club, but mm-hmm. he shouts across the car park to someone and pretends that he knows them. And when they don't wave back, he's like, oh, he's a bit deaf. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking, how is he going to get out of this? He's he's took her to the club, yeah. Because initially, when she's cause they spoke in the, in the, in his lunch break, I think, yep. And she she was saying, "Take me to the club," mm-hmm. and I was like, "How is he going to get out of this?" And then when she turned around and goes, oh, "I can wait," because his excuse was, "I can't. I got go. I go back to work." That was just is sort of trying to get out of it, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Ah, there you go." He's going to use the time between lunch and when he finishes work to get himself a membership so he can take her in. Right. That's my, my, where my mind went. But it didn't even bother doing that. Old Eddie, he just thought, I'm going to rock up at this club and I'm just going to style it out. How did he know where it was? Just, I was going to say Google. But was Google a thing back then? Because she would have been giving him directions because mm. he knows already. There must be more than one golf club. Maybe there's not more than one golf club around the area. Well, it was you know they they named the actual club, didn't they? So perhaps he just looked on the map. Yeah, well, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. they 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 definitely were a thing. But he just styled yeah. it out. Yeah, they were. He, he just kind of styled it out, didn't he? He went in there and he he, he sort of the receptionist was saying, "Who are you? Who are you?" Because obviously yeah. she's not going to know him. And and she was there. Oh yeah, she was. She was. When she goes off, and it literally, this isn't about me. This is like her husband who used to come here and all this sort. Of, he just styles it out. And I'm thinking yeah. for th- this guy who pretty much throughout the whole episode is crap at committing murder. Let's be honest. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it, there's a lot he does. And you're thinking, oh, mate, what are you doing? You're going to get yourself caught at this rate. Yeah. There's a lot he does that you think you're being daft. But this moment I'm thinking, OK, yeah, well done, Ed. Yeah, you've nailed that, mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah they find out that Gareth hasn't been there for over three months. I think it was. Yeah, that's right. It's before before Christmas or something like that. Sam says it was three months ago. Mm. I'm not sure that adds up with the story later. Unless I've missed something. Okay. Why only three months? But anyway, we'll, we'll find out. Um, yeah, so then when they're driving, she decides 
they get to that scene of the crime, don't they? Mm. And she wants him to stop the car because she wants to sort of just feel that area where her husband was killed, I guess. Just kind of. Yeah. And he is cacking his pants. But he again, though. Oh. There was. Go, go on. This is again, though, a moment where I'm thinking, Ed, what are you doing? You're a knob. Yeah. Why have you driven that way? Maybe there's only one way from the, the club to where he needs to get. There can't be because they've arrived. He would have at gone the on the way there, wouldn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yes, what's he doing? Freaking knobhead. He's a melt, isn't he? But he, <laughs> <laughs> he stops there and obviously last time he didn't see a farmer. So he's looking like, oh, because it's yes. the exact same car and he's back at the scene of the crime, literally at, the, uh, at that road. But then something really interesting happens, doesn't it, Ty? We get another flashback, don't we? Mm-hmm. But it's a little bit different to the first one. It is. So it's the same situation with Gareth and Edward. Mm. But this time, um, Edward seemed a little bit more aggressive and on edge than he was in the first one. And also, Gareth seemed a little bit less. Yes. And the, some of the dialogue was slightly different. as well. Very similar, slightly, but slightly different. Yeah. There was no mention of the 40-50 thing. Um, yeah, it was a little mm. bit different. So then when this happened, I'm like, hmm, what? Yeah, what did you it, think? I'll be honest, it completely threw me because I, I, I came in from work. I saw did the you think they ballsed up? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I came in from work, sat, made myself some grub, came upstairs, put the show on, and I'm sat upstairs watching the show whilst I'm eating my tea and making my notes at the same time. And one of the cats is up on the, ta- up, up on the bed. And I'm trying to push the cat away from, from my dinner. <laughs> and, and I hear this in the back of my mind. And I'm like, that can't be right. Is that? No. So I watched another two or three minutes. And I was like, no, I definitely heard something different. And I had to rewind it and watch it again. Because the bloody cat distracted me right at that moment of the show. So I didn't, I didn't fully take on board that it was the same flashback, but different, if that makes sense. Yeah. I thought it might have been like from, you know, those old sort of American sitcoms right. where where they would do like a, like a to be continued bit. The yes. end episode will end and then the next episode will begin. And it's basically the same scene, but different. Yeah. Because you'll see what happened previously and it'll yeah. be like, you slag or whatever. That's your senders. You slag or whatever. And the next one would be like, you are the biggest bitch. And you're like, that's not what happened. I've just seen it. <laughs> That's not what happened at all. Early Quantum Leap does that a lot. <laughs> early, early Quantum Leap, the amount of times like yeah. the cliffhanger at the end of the episode, he leaps yeah. into a particular situation and you're thinking, oh my goodness, and somebody's screaming at him. The next episode, it shows the cliffhanger again and it's just like, he's in the same room, but it's not the same thing. <laughs> it's-, <laughs> it's so weird. Um, I, I thought maybe they'd done that. Right, okay. I was like, hang oh. on. What's going on? But I started second-guessing myself then because, obviously, like I said, I've watched the one and I've made notes about it. Yeah. I've then watched the second flashback and I got distracted by the cat. So, I've I'm gone back on... Yeah, I've got your tigs. I've gone back and watched the second flashback again and then I'm thinking, right, was that what the first one was like? So I had to go back on my notes and see my... <laughs> And it, honestly, it, point, you've it missed everything. Complete <laughs> headfuck. I was done. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, I thought that was really uh, interesting. Uh, then um, Edward kind of talks to Samantha about his dad dying, doesn't he? About he was nine, I think he said. Um, yeah. And how he looks after his mum because of it, um, and that his dad and his brother 
both passed away, didn't they? Mm. See, the brother's age, I caught. His age, 12. I must admit. Yeah, that's right. And when they said about his dad dying in a car crash, mm. I'm then starting to piece things together. Not intentionally, it's just how my head works. Mm. I'm, starting to, I'm starting to look at things and go, okay, this flashback was a bit different to what we remembered. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, the first time the first time we see the crash, we don't see anything at all. We see not even a crash. The first flashback is different to the second flashback. The episode mm-hmm. is called Rage. Mm-hmm. It's obvious that he has lost his temper as opposed to Gareth, who gets killed. Well, was, Gareth was flaring up a little bit, yes, but he wasn't. Yes. Yeah, yeah. And I'm it wasn't. Starting, it wasn't as one sided. It was more fifty fifty, wasn't it? It wasn't as one sided as in the first. Yeah, right. and it's changing and changing and changing. I'm thinking, okay, and and this ties into a, a proper criminal minds terminology now. I'm I'm thinking. I made note of it here, saying the dad dying in the car accident was that his trigger for killing. Because it was almost a car accident, or it was a car accident, or whatever. Okay. Yeah, maybe. That's just kind of what popped in my head. I, I just I, thought it was for all the little diggies mm. throughout the day. Diggies? All oh, the little diggies. Little uh, diggies. Throughout the day that it's been filled with. That's not words. <laughs> <laughs> Me no do words well. Um, <laughs> yeah. So it was all the little diggies. Uh, building up and then yeah. little. I mean, you have it. So I, I had a, I had a girl go at a poor girl once in. Uh, in I couldn't stab her, but I had. Um, <laughs> yeah, just make that clear. Disclaimer: a poor girl uh, at Sainsbury's once, and I did on my way out apologise to her because it wasn't her fault, and I felt really bad about it. But I'd had a really naff day. I've told this on a on a different podcast. I had a really naff day, and it was uh, height of the pandemic. And it was when they just started introducing um, hand sanitizer outside of the shop. Okay. So not the hands-free stuff. This was before that. And they first introduced pumps yes. and sprays and all that kind of stuff. And at that time, it was uh, up to you. Your decision. Yeah. So I, I uh, was working from home for weeks and weeks. I had really stressful day i've got two kids on the age of three blah, all this and then the wife's like right i need you to go to the shop so i'm like oh, right so i'm in a bit of a mood <laughs> i hope you and literally I, made that noise as well <laughs> uh, i got out of my car did my hand sanitizer all that business so i work in the care industry so i was just kind of looking after whatever as much as i can and then uh i take my little one because i had to take a child with me whenever i went shopping don't know why but it was a rule that was given to me uh, i was like oh, no just let me go on my own no take the little one i'm like why <laughs> because it was the only time they could get out of the house but she's like she's in the baby seat and the thing yeah. you know she's small uh one and a half something like this so people are queuing up uh, a couple of people are queuing up and some people walking in or whatever so i start to walk into the shop and the girl stops me she puts her hand out like stop I looked, she went, um, you need to go and do that. I was like, do I? She was like, yeah, you need, you need to go and do the, the hand sanitizer. You need to spray the, uh, spray the trolley. You need to go back and line up. I was like, right. <laughs> and I kicked off. I, I was like, right, first of all, that hand sanitizer pump, how many people would touch that before me? Yeah. No one's cleaning that. How many people would touch that before me? But this, <laughs> this spray you've got, right? What have you got the cost sheets for that? She was like, "What?" So have you got the cost sheets for it? 
Uh, I said, right, don't worry about it. It's D10. I know the product, right? I also know it's got a five-minute contact time. So you want me to go back there, spray this chemical around my daughter, right? And then wait there for five minutes. Make everyone behind me wait for five minutes before I then clean it off. And she was like, just go in. (laughs) (laughs) And I started walking around the shop and I thought, what a prick you are, Mort. Um, And on the way out, I went and apologized to her. And she was like, it's okay. But I could see in her eyes, she was thinking, you prick. Yeah. If this was a restaurant, I would have spat in your food. Yeah. That, and I don't blame her. I wouldn't have blamed her. Uh, but what I'm, what I'm getting at is not the fact I'm a knob. What I'm getting at is <laughs> little things can build up sometimes and make you do something. And what I did was wrong. I didn't murder her. What I did was very wrong. I instantly regretted it. So those things do happen. Mm. Little things do add up. Um, I didn't even think about the fact that his dad had had a car accident and then they nearly collided in the car. So it could have been. Could have been a trigger. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it's probably me just overthinking things, to be honest. Well, no, but it could, it, it could be. I, I say, I think there's enough in all episodes of Murder in Mind which um, just just give you that room to think. Yes. Uh, which is which is really good. Um, and then we come just to Zoo. Uh, odd for me. And especially around <sighs> this time, I probably would have gone to, to Colchester Zoo on a school trip when I was about this, you know, 2002. You could have been there. Could have been there. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this was awkward as well because you kind of really odd. Why get a zoo with the woman who husband he killed like a few days after? It's weird, isn't it? Mm. And he's he, the line he uses as well, saying that I mean it's, it's Charlie, isn't it? The one child his birthday, and it's the trip to the zoo for his birthday. Oh yes, and, before they even go to the zoo, isn't it? Yeah, oh, and yeah. they're talking. They're talking over coffee in in sam's house mm-hmm. and he basically invites himself and he uses the line they might want a man there and it's just a bit like oh, yeah. this is not good this is no it's her son's birthday his dad's just been murdered yeah. he's like well let me come with you they need a man yeah oh it's it's cringe yeah oh, i can't believe I, oh, yeah, I sort of uh went past that <laughs> <laughs> um yeah they do actually go to the zoo uh, with the kids and he's being he's being odd isn't he quite um, pushy as well to get what he wants at this point yeah yeah definitely um, also her kids are pricks aren't they yes just saying yeah. just little saying. chavvy bastards yeah uh, so yeah so I've missed a bit because they've not gone to the zoo yet have they but he does talk about and gets home and his mum is not happy about his interactions with Samantha no and he, um, again he's a grown man getting told off isn't he yeah, and then he goes shopping with her. <laughs> right, okay. This is a good scene, now, I think. I don't now, know about you. This is what I was talking about earlier on, where I got completely the wrong end of the stick. Because by this point, we're getting the fact that the flashback is different, so he's remembering things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking, he's. we saw him check the road in the very mm-hmm. first instance. There was no car, and then the car was there, but there's no way we'd have missed that car. So is he, A, checked the road, or B, checked the road and not seen the car? Is he a bit mental? Is he a bit crazy? Is he a bit whatever? And then, again, it's just how my stupid head works, and it snowballs in my mind. I'm sat and I'm going, huh, we haven't seen his mum interact with anyone yet. Is she even real? Is she dead? Yeah, I'm thinking, is she real? because when they go and i'm literally thinking at this this, point yeah he has she hasn't has she no because she's in and the one thing that got me was she was sat on the table 
with her bag, but there was no sign of any anyone else in in having even been in that room. There was no cups, there was no plates, there was nothing. It was a it was practically a bare table, bare oh, kitchen side. And she's just sat there with her bag, and I thought that just it. Ultimately, it, it ended up being that it was just a, a weird shot, but it looked odd, and there was something about that it. Could have been really good, couldn't it? And I'm just like, is his mum even real? Is this in his head? And then it goes to the supermarket. And again, he's talking to his mum, no one else's, for about a minute. And yeah. I'm thinking, I'm thinking, oh my god, this guy is just batshit crazy, and he's talking to his dead mum. Yeah, maybe his mum died recently, and that's what yeah, the trigger was. Yeah, exactly. And then she talks to this other person. I was like, nope, that's Frank. not. Yeah, <laughs> bloody Frank. Yeah, totally ruined my fantastic theory. <laughs> I didn't even think about that possibility. That would have been uh, would have been good. I won't say the name of the series. Uh, well, no, because that doesn't make any sense. Because I won't say the name of the series because that'll spoil it for you when you watch it. But you won't watch it because you don't know the name of the series. Um, <laughs> did you ever see a series called River? No. River is brilliant. I don't know where if it's online anywhere now. It's only one series. I think it's okay. like six episodes only, and there should have been more. And there's something like that in in River. Right. Uh, which for you now but it's basically the uh the story that is basically the story but it's fantastic um, have you seen sixth sense with bruce willis nope okay never mind let's move on <laughs> what i love about the same review is if i'd have said no to anyone else they got so angry but you know you can't judge <laughs> I get, no, no, no. Uh, it's literally one of the only three films i've seen <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if, I, if I say anything, it'll get ruined. So you have to watch that <laughs> film, and then I can tell you about. Oh, I, I know what happens in it because I watched a um, Adam Sandler film. Was it Fifty First Dates? Okay. I think that's Sixth Sense, isn't it? And he says what happens at the end. Um, about what? I don't want to spoil it for you. Tell me. <laughs> uh, someone was someone was like dead the whole time. Yes, that's right. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yeah, but he says it in Fifty First Dates. Right. Okay. Yes, yeah. and in that, you don't twig until the end that this is the case. And all yeah. the way through the show, they, they give you a little... When you go back and watch it again, or they, you look at clips, it's, it's staring you in the face because he doesn't interact with anyone other than the kids you can see dead people. It, there's so many clues all the way through. But it was ruined for me. And I thought this was what the situation was with, with his mum. That's what sort of got in my head. But it was ruined for me because um, my sister said to me have you seen six cents this is about a couple of months after it came out and i was like no not yet and she goes oh it's amazing you don't find out right until the end till he's dead i just completely fucking film it for me <laughs> yeah but the point being six cents the way that bruce willis's character doesn't interact with anyone but you don't notice it yeah it's what i was thinking about his mum until it was just destroyed right. in the supermarket yeah bloody frank bloody um yeah, they're all arguing all the way around the uh, the sh- supermarket. He tries to buy something. She said, what are you getting that for? You never have that. Fresh coffee. Yeah, you never have fresh coffee. It's her, isn't it? And they're mm. probably having a, like it's Barney. Bumping to Frank, he knobs on about a romantic meal because of the conversation they had earlier, didn't they? <laughs> then she gets all funny about it. Oh, it's her, isn't it? And um, uh, yeah, and they were kicking off uh, around the supermarket. Again, controlling... Um, the detective has been asking around uh, places, including Saxe Munden. I know that place as well. Brilliant. This is down the road. It's a tiny little <laughs> village. What, what, what an absolute random place to throw in there. That is class. <laughs> Anthony Horowitz has got some local knowledge. Yeah. It's not like some place near Reading. Literally Saxe Munden. Come on now. 
I wonder if he researched this, in which case, well done to him, or if he literally like lives around that area and he just he knows maybe. it. Maybe. Maybe we'll find out exactly where he lives. <laughs> uh, and that's wasted because this is an audio podcast yeah. <laughs> Morty just pulled for, literally for, for comedy effect for just me Morty just pulled a funny face when he said that so <laughs> um, yeah it's, it's a bit like <laughs> I'm going completely off tangent again um, Scottish Danny sent a question in to the Morty and Fitz show uh, little known podcast and uh, he said something about if you were found in a cabin, like if you had to stay in a cabin in the woods for like certain amount of days with no food, no whatever, but at the end of it you get like something along these lines. But he specifically said a name of a place that's about twenty minutes from me and Fitch. Oh, why? And we were like, okay, now we're a bit worried. <laughs> if 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 we disappear, go and look in Lavenham. Yeah. Go and look in a in a little in a little forest area in Lavenham. And <laughs> Danny was like, I literally looked up a list of places and I just picked Lavenham. Amazing. <laughs> I was like, I'm not buying that. There was a place <laughs> there called like Cockborough or something. I definitely would have picked that. <laughs> not Lavenham. Um, if if you do go missing there, they'll just you'll just be found like years later in a little hut, two skeletons in front of some podcasting equipment with a knife next to it. That's that, that's the scene that somebody will find. <laughs> In a big spoon, little spoon situation. Switch <laughs> <laughs> uh, is definitely the big spoon. Um, uh, yeah, then the detective rocks up at Edward's house and he keeps thinking about the witness mm. and how Ed knows. Um, he said, uh, oh, mum told me about it. No, I didn't. <laughs> Come on, yeah. mum. Fuck's sake. <laughs> oh. And again, he's... he's this is another moment where I think to myself with, with Ed, he's not very good at this because he comes across so guilty. He can't think on his feet. Everything he says is just like, you're making it worse for yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but ultimately his mum does bail him out, doesn't she? Yeah, she does. She does. She said she heard it on radio Suffolk, which again is a real thing. Um, the farmer has seen it and helping the inquiries. Um, um, he asks them not to talk about the knives he also says other things. Now, this was weird. The, the copper says to them a few times, so he's already been out on his jollies at the funeral. And then he says to them a few times, like, he gives them information. So he's already mm. said about the knives. Oh, but don't tell anyone, by the way, several days afterwards. And then he says, um, uh, what else did he say? It took, oh, so he tells them that, um, first of all, he says he believes whoever it is actually wants to be caught. Mm. and they go well, why do you think that he said well because he didn't even check if he was dead it took him over an hour to die which is quite disturbing fast yes. um and they both look shocked with it but then Dexter goes oh that's confidential as well by the way now <laughs> he's either really shit at his job <laughs> or is he really really good i took this as he's very good because I think he's saying things to look at their reactions. I think I, I started to think because I started thinking, oh, he's a, he's a bit shitless detective. Um, but actually, I think he already from the knives thing and stuff like that, he already is like this Ed guy is dodgy. Mm. He's not right. And I think he's just given enough. He doesn't want to put pressure on him because I think he knows he doesn't have to. I think he's just given him enough just to break him just enough. Yeah, and you know, again, that could be twofold as well. 
it doesn't have to do too much to break him or maybe he hasn't actually got much maybe he hasn't got too much evidence maybe. or and he is just giving that little nudge to see what he can get what i mean is though it's not like he's he's not like uh, in teacher they're a little bit heavy-handed uh, they're yes. brilliant but a little bit heavy-handed with um what was his name Poirot's uh, character uh, <laughs> <laughs> um but they are like well where were you and what's this and what's that yeah. he's not doing that with ed he's just going oh i was wondering how do you know about that farmer well don't tell anyone but you know that uh it took him over an hour to die, and then he's sitting mm. there, and he, he is giving them a look. Um, his mum then as well. His mum just turns around completely random and goes, "Oh, wouldn't want that on my conscience." It's like, bitch. You bitch. <laughs> <laughs> um, then he uh, takes the kids to the zoo, and that's where I've written her kids are bellends. Yeah, just absolute knobheads. They are little dicks. I don't. I, I, I say that. To be fair, their dad has just died. If anyone's got a reason to act out a little bit, maybe. <laughs> is bothered about it? No, that's true. They actually. are just play fighting, that. just being yeah. little shits and loud and whatever. But they're not. They don't seem to be that carp about. How long has passed here? Hmm? How long has passed? Do you think? Well, I still it's, think it's only a couple of weeks. Because we don't get much in the way of uh, almost like a guideline of of time, do we? In this. I mean, there's a scene that we're coming to very soon with regards to the policeman turning up back at Ed's work. Mm. And he's talking about, oh, we normally catch a murderer in the first 48 hours. Mm -hmm. Some of the bigger cases can take a couple of months, but we don't think this one's going to. And that's the only ref, you know, time reference or, or, the, or, or point of reference to the passing of time that we have in the whole episode. Yeah. Which I find a bit jarring because it's, he's weaseled his way in with this family. Mm-hmm. Very quickly. Very quickly. Mm. And from what we've seen with very few conversations. Mm-hmm. But I think so, that's what's happened. Right, okay. It doesn't feel like there's been much in between. No. Mm. Um, <laughs> that, that I've written, that lion likes to look at those lads. Mm. Yes. That lion, when they were following about the, the cage, lion's yeah. eyes did follow the kids. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm having this shit. Um, she says they're confident. <laughs> or she or something like that. And she says the little kids are like, what did she say? Something about them being like uh, uh, lively or something like this. Um, yeah. Anyway, so uh, she says about the police, they're confident that they've got a uh, that they're going to get the person. Uh, the person has Mondeo, like Ed's. Come on, oh. love. Oh Think my it god. <laughs> they got half the registration as well. <laughs> Oh, it's, again, uh, no. I'm looking at the copper now, and I'm thinking, right. So you're asking about the guy's knives. Yeah. You know, he said the witness thing, which was weird. Mm-hmm. He drives a Mondeo, the same as the car that you think might have been involved in the accident. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, right, are you going to just question the guy now, <laughs> or are you going to let him carry on hanging around with that family? <laughs> You know, I think they've got enough now to sort of sit the guy down and go, look, let's have a chat at least. Yeah. Odd, isn't it? Uh, that's where I think maybe it isn't a play and it is just he's a shit detective. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, she says there's cameras from the overpass as well. I don't know how that is. But whatever. Um, he gives a little lad a birthday present. Mm-hmm. Uh, some kind of rocket thing. I'll be honest, bloody cool rocket. I want a rocket like that. That was, that was a cool present. Yes. They take it to a beach. 
the nearest beach to Colchester would be uh, what they call the little island. They, they call them like little islands or whatever. Um, what's the bloody place called? Oh my god! But it's a pain in the ass to get to because um, the road to it, the tide comes in and out over the road, so you can only cross it certain times a day. Oh uh, well, okay. I'm trying to think what it's called, but yeah, like you're not allowed. You can't cross it from a certain time in the morning until a certain time of night because the the thing goes up, the water goes up. Oh, interesting. You can only actually get to those areas at certain times of day. Right, okay. I'm trying huh. to think what the bloody hell they're called. Um, I've never been there, but that, that I would say that's the closest beach to Colchester, unless they've right. gone to Clacton, which is about... Half a, either way, this is not relevant to anybody. But they might have gone to <laughs> Clacton. If they did, do not swim in that water. No. Um, <laughs> jobbies as far as the eyes can see. Oh, uh, fantastic. <laughs> Then she's telling him on the beach she's found a guarantee for a spin dryer uh, in, uh, what's his name? Gareth's name. Uh, it doesn't belong to them. And she wants Ed to take her there. Um, no, hang on, hang on, hang on. There's a bit of dialogue here that, you know, you said about the, um, there's, there's a line or two that made you laugh. Like yeah. The, the, yeah. This got me. She's there turning around and saying, I've got this receipt for um, a spin dryer. Uh, and Ed's like, well, perhaps it's, you know, it, it's a mistake or it could, whatever. And she's like, oh, no, oh, no, we've got a washer dryer. <laughs> and I'm like, OK. And then she goes, anyway, look at the address. And it's obviously for a different house. Wouldn't you lead with look at the address? <laughs> wouldn't you lead with that's been de- not that's not been delivered to my house? <laughs> you wouldn't go around and go, mm, it's the wrong type of machine. It, it, it's it's yeah. <laughs> This is freezer, yeah. Mine's a fridge freezer. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Ours is in baby powder white. That one's in eggshell. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, I don't even, even think about that. Um, yeah, and she... Uh, so, yeah, so she, she says to him, basically, that I know I haven't known you long. Or he, does he say you haven't known me long? I think she says, you haven't, I haven't known you long, but could you come with me? Um... And then he goes, and then she goes, well, I know you're not an axe murderer. And he laughs and goes, hee hee. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she goes, oh. oh, well, I know you're not an axe murderer. Or you're not, are you? He, he, he. Guy with the Mondeo. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. Give your head a wobble, Samantha. Come on, look. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, so uh, the text rocks up to the shop again. He needs the three sets of knives that they've got in stock. Uh, Ed manages to delay it by saying they're in Manning Tree. And the boss says that um, you haven't caught him yet. And the detective says we're closing in. And he does look over Ed. Mm. So I think... Yeah, he knows what he's doing. Yeah. Um, Not as good, but similar to the... What episode was it? Um, The one that you put... The one that you murdered um, with uh, Reese Dinsdale in it. Uh, that detective was amazing. I don't know if you remember. Uh, Cornish yes. Columbo, we did him. Yeah, he was really good. <laughs> he was brilliant. I think the approach is similar, maybe, but just not mm. as obvious or not as good. He's he's a little bit more subtle, this guy. I, I like, maybe, I like he the does detective come, He does, does come a bit bumbling, though, doesn't he? He does seem mm. a bit... He's not bumbling like that guy, because that guy was like... What was brilliant about him was he seemed like this bumbling sort of detective. He looked a bit untidy and whatever. And then when he switched on the question, he was like, boom. Yes. And you know that he lulled them in. 
this guy just seems a bit, bit. Um, he always seems a little gormless. bit disinterested. Yeah, he's always it's a bit like. like yeah, yeah, work. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah, we're looking into these knives, I guess. Drives a car like <laughs> drives a car exactly like yours, to be fair. But you know, it is what it is. It's that kind of vibe, isn't it? You know, it's... it is. Uh, he then takes her to this house, and we didn't mention actually there was a lady earlier at the funeral. Yes. Uh, and there's a lady that he get that they go to this house, and they see this lady, and this is uh, Naomi, who is played by Neko Mori, and it is Doctor Who alert. I recognise her. You will recognise her, my friend. But I thought I recognised her from when she was at the funeral earlier on in the show that we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) So what Doctor Who then? Let's go, let's go. (laughs) She was in Series 1 of New Who, Episode 4, Aliens of London, and she was Doctor Sato. Okay. But she's also uh, in Torchwood as one of the main characters called Tosh. I know you haven't seen it, but you would have seen her face. I recognise the name Tosh. Yeah. It's definitely been, been discussed before. Um, I know that you discussed I can't remember why, but I know you discussed it on uh, the Doctor Who pod. I remember Dan telling you that she was. I think you were talking about when uh, when actors play different characters in Doctor Who. Okay. And he right. said that Tosh was... Like, he used um, uh, Freema, who played a cousin, and then, like, the next yeah. series she was a companion. And... In the same sort of sense, this lady played a minor character in Doctor Who, the first series, and then she was Tosh in the two series of uh, right, Tortured. Okay. So she's big, big character, very important character in Tortured. Very important character. She's, uh, okay. she's, yeah. I don't know if I'd say she was good in it. <laughs> right. Um, but but then I I've had this conversation with Dan a little bit before. I don't think that in the first few episodes any of them are particularly good. Well, there's something for me to look forward to. No, no, I think the stories <laughs> are really good, but I just some of the acting just seems a bit soapy, a bit soap opery, a bit, okay, a bit wonky. Right. But she she is brilliant in some episodes. She's outstanding, and John Barrowman is shit in all of them. Um, mm. so, in my opinion, I know we had this conversation on Doctor Who, didn't we? <laughs> Barrowman's a not... weird one for me. <laughs> you are Barrowman. He's a weird one for me. A, a real strange one. I I love the character of Captain Jack, but I just don't particularly I like, like him. Jack. I say I said this to you on Doctor Who pod because we we uh, you very kindly had me on it, and we looked at uh, the episode where um, Father Jack and who said where Father Jack from Father Ted first shows up. <laughs> now that would have been a brilliant companion. <laughs> that would have been a completely different show. Back <laughs> <laughs> off, Daleks. Um, so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not cutting any of this like bollocks. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> yeah, um, and I, I said on there, I've got nothing to do with this show, but I said on there, in my opinion only, John Barrowman has lots of charisma, which which he uses to disguise the fact he cannot act. So when he's doing the big, loud, like charismatic stuff, mm-hmm. it's good and it flows. When he's doing serious acting. I always look at him and go, oh, no, you know, yeah, really okay. wooden and not, not good. I don't think he's a good actor. I think he's a very charismatic man, mm-hmm. uh, but I don't, I don't think he's a good actor, but that's my opinion. Anyway, um, that's John Barrowman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> We've been on so many detours. People <laughs> listening, just for a bit of context, we spoke for half hour about holiday parks before we even pressed record. <laughs> <laughs> Completely irrelevant. 
the next time one of us go to holiday park is about six months. It's not even it's not even like coming up. I mean, and since we've pressed record, we've spoke about a random Sean Bean film that I could have thrown up in. Uh, <laughs> the fact that you've been to this zoo <laughs> and John Barrowman. <laughs> Do you remember way back in season one of the Murder in Mind podcast when we took this very seriously? <laughs> it's all gone to pot. Um, <laughs> anyway, they go to a house with Tosh and not only was she shagging uh, old matey, but um, they've got a child together. Oh, the little tell as well, because she tied us away a toy, but there's a kid's put little tricycle behind her. And I'm like, and a child. Oh. Yeah, well, yeah, the child. You see the child after. <laughs> if I hide that toy, they won't notice him in the garden. They'll just think it's a really small gardener. <laughs> just draw the stray curtains. Garden. It's right. one of those stray kids wandering around the neighbourhood. Blooming strays. <laughs> <laughs> just draw the curtains what happens in the garden it doesn't matter no one can see that <laughs> we leave him a saucer of milk out every so often he just pops over <laughs> yeah <laughs> he enjoys the freedom uh, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but this is this is this was i don't know i might be taking this the wrong way right so they do see the kid in the background and they find mm-hmm. out that he had she'd had a child and then samantha says looks at him and goes doesn't look like gareth and i thought <laughs> mm. uh, she's of Asian descent. Yes, she's Asian. Yes, and Gareth was white British, white Caucasian, whatever. Yes. So this child is—he's clearly an Asian child. Yes. And Sam went doesn't look like Gareth, and I was like, "Oh, I feel uncomfortable with that." Yes. <laughs> what a strange comment to make. Oh. Uh, <laughs> Samantha's not as lovely as we thought. Uh, <laughs> odd comment. Um, isn't it mental though that I had to? Um, I have to kind of dart around and go. Is that the right word to use? At, at, oh. uh, in worry that I'm going to upset. If I use the wrong term, it's just lack of education. It's yes. nothing. It's nothing else. Uh, I, I rely one hundred percent on my wife for that scenario. One hundred percent. I got told I was, and again, you know, it, it's not from wanting to offend people or in any way stretch the imagination of course but i got told literally maybe three four weeks ago terminology i was using we're not allowed to use anymore yeah and i was mortified because i was like really i thought that was okay mm-hmm. i thought i was actually being quite politically correct and towing the line or however you want to word it but it turns yeah. out nope i was completely wrong so they're talking about the fact that he promised her that he was going to buy her a house, and this is this is this is the mistress. You go buy her a house, and then she basically asks Samantha for financial support. That is mental. Amen. So oh. I have been having it away with your husband for years. I did know that he was married to you, but could you give me about twelve grand? What? And then Sam goes, Yeah, sure. <laughs> it was what is happening the whole scenario was weird because very at the very beginning she's they're knocking on the door but she comes to the garden gate doesn't she on the side mm-hmm. well she and was she's gone with her son but yes okay and she's like oh you better come in mm. so you're thinking okay this is this, this is strange what's going on here and as they walk into the room she literally just goes i, I suppose you hate me don't you and i'm like well yeah probably 
<laughs> you know, and then she, you know, they're there, fuck, what, th- three, four minutes? Not even. Uh, and it's not in a case of, mm, I'm a bit, I'm, I'm struggling, and, you know, he paid the rent on this place. Now, these are all separate bombshells, mind. Yeah. They've just found out about the mistress. Then yeah. they find out about the kid. Mm-hmm. Then they find out he's been paying the rent on her house for her. Mm-hmm. Then they find out that they were going to buy a place together. Mm-hmm. And then, for her, I don't know if it was okay. together, but he was going to buy it for her. Yeah. So this is all the separate bombshells going off. All it's not just mm-hmm. one, not just one horrible shock. There's lots of separate things. And then there's an, another one where she's like, "Oh, uh, yeah, we've been going carrying on for this long, and he comes up here on the weekends, and that's when Sam goes, oh, when well, he's supposed to be at the club.'" Mm. And it's, so all these separate things are happening. And then she literally turns around and doesn't even just sort of say, oh, you, you know, I'm, I'm going to struggle for money and all this. She gets the check out of her bag, shows the woman whose husband she's been sleeping with the check and says, I can't cash this because I'm not actually married to the guy. Can you sort me out? It's just, I'm like, why? Either this character is written to be an absolute lunatic or this is really badly written because surely people do not have these conversations in this scenario. Surely not. I mean, we've talked before about how they have a lot to get through, but mm. geez, that was, that was, yeah, that was, um, very, very odd. Um, yeah. And it, it just, I said earlier that he hasn't been to the club for three months. What has that got to do with anything? Cause he's been visiting her. Has she only lived there for three months? Cause that kid's older than three months old. Two. <laughs> <In> about- <laughs> How old is he? Two. Two and a half, I think they said. He's bigger than two and a half. Is he? <laughs> that was a pretty big kid. <laughs> okay. Oh, that be- was the small gardener I was looking at. Yeah. <laughs> and the kid was behind. <laughs> yeah. See, I, I I, actually just took their word for it when they said two. I had no reason to date them. <laughs> big child. <laughs> Beard. <laughs> Cigarette joint is here. Oh, something. It's <laughs> um, so Ed. Okay, so I kind of get this because Ed goes, "That's mental." Yeah. How can you ask that? But on the other hand, why did Ekin mate? You've known her about three days. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is nothing to do with you. You're tr- <laughs> your only link to this family is you caused this mess. You know, that, that's so, it. There's a few things here. This this is a really weird situation. The whole thing's weird. Um. She does give her money, which is also weird. Um, and then she gets in the car with him, and she's obviously upset. And she says she gave her the money because it's what Gareth wanted. But then says that's not his money; that's my money. Yeah, that he was using because it was her the, her inheritance from her dad. That's what he's been spending on, and he said that he was investing it, but actually he's been spending it on this woman. And then she says she didn't love him. So why did she give this woman the money? <laughs> it's such a I'm roller so coaster. Confused. And again, it, like you said, it comes back to a lot having to be fitted into a short period of time. It just doesn't work for me, man. But it's so up and down and all over the place, isn't it? Yeah, it is. It just, it, yeah, it doesn't really. Yeah, and she, she cries because she said she was just kidding herself um, for the kid's sake that she she loved him, but she didn't. And he says, uh, she said that she's sorry for involving him, and he says he was already involved. And I think he says it twice. No, no, mm. I was already involved. And she's like, well, anyway, I need some time alone. <laughs> and you're like, Sam. And just gets out of the car. 
Seriously, mate. <laughs> Seriously, oh. darling. <laughs> what do you need Just him to do? For crying out loud. <laughs> well, what she needs him to do, obviously, is what he does in a couple of scenes time. Well, yeah. Uh, so... He and his mum have another argument. Um, he claims that she belittles him and treats him like a child, which he, she does. We've seen that. Uh, brings up that he can't even choose what he wants in the shop. And then they sort of get into this conversation how it was inadvertently his fault that his dad and brother died. Mm. And maybe that's the reason for this kind of strained relationship, which I'm not sure works, but... No, it's... She's very controlling of him, but she also he's her world. Mm. But she, she blamed is, him for that. Yeah, she he is the reason that her ever son and husband died in her eyes. But yet she's so I'm, I'm trying to follow attached. this. It's I what I think happened. For, I think what they said happened is they got in a car, right? Yes. And they started driving, and then he chased the car. Or he was trying to catch up with them and end up in the road on his bike. They swerved to avoid him and died. Is that right? Is that what they said happened? She said that that he had to jump on his bike and go and meet them, didn't he? So I'm assuming that they were on their way home and mm-hmm. he was leaving the house. So maybe that's why the paths crossed and they swerved. That's how I took it. Why was he? Why was he? Why, why was he not with them? I don't know. Perhaps he just stayed home. I don't know. No, it's a bit odd, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So she she sort of blames um, him for that. Apparently, um, and that's she treats him like a child and all that kind of stuff. They have this big old argument. She threatens to tell Sam uh, what he did, and he says, um, "To hell with your mother." And, uh, <laughs> He claims that he's going to tell Sam himself and then he goes to Sam's house. But again, none of that makes sense to me. I know they're arguing and his mum throws that in as a, as, a, as a big breath. I'm going to tell Sam to stop you seeing her. Mm. But if, her, if, if the mum went to Sam and told her, it wouldn't just stop him from seeing her. It would get him put in prison. Yeah. Well, I, I, I just put it as... Um, she didn't mean that at all. He which we know that later yeah. on. But she, she just, you know, sometimes you have an argument, you say things you don't yeah. mean to hurt people. But the way that it doesn't make sense, which uh, I agree with you, is the fact this whole episode he's been like, I'm going to tell the police. And she's saying, no, don't. And now as a threat, she's saying, well, I'm going to tell people. And surely yeah. he's going to be like, all right. Which is what he does. He goes, all right. Yeah. Uh, oh, I don't <laughs> that know. That doesn't really, but maybe you could put that down to the fact she's not thinking because she's cross. Mm, yeah, I guess. Maybe. And she's also a little bit crazy as well. She is a bit mental. Mm. Yeah. Um, I know that's not the correct vernacular. Uh, <laughs> We're getting cancelled. We don't need to watch any more murder in mind. We're getting cancelled <laughs> after this. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so he goes to Sam's house and he tells her. Did you think he was actually going to tell her? I did. Okay. I did. And her reaction, I but basically this is now we're effectively at the end aren't we because this yeah. is you know final stretch yeah so he he goes to the house and tells sam and i thought this was quite well done i thought ed here did this quite well yeah. in the character i mm. thought sam's reaction was 
I don't know if they could have done it any other way because she's not going to jump on the phone and call the police instantly with him still in the house. She mm. recoils in almost shock or fear, I guess. I think that worked all shock, confusion, okay, confusion, yeah, fear, yeah, yeah. And then Sam gets in the car because he's told to get out. Well, first of all, he tells her he loves her, doesn't he? He does. Yes. Yeah. Uh, Sam tells him to get out. He heads back home. But before we even see the house, we see the blue flashing lights. We do, but you missed a bit. Oh, okay. Because as he's explaining to her what happened, she said she doesn't want to hear it. And he says, no, you're going to hear it. And we get a flashback again to the actual accident. And this is completely different. Uh, But it builds up, doesn't it, with all the bits during the day as well, the milk. Yeah, so you see all the little... all the little diggies, as I called them earlier. Yes. The, the guy knocking over his knives, all that stuff. And then you see him come up to this junction, and he doesn't stop, does he? No. Or barely. And he just comes straight out, and Gareth whacks on his, whacks on his uh, brakes, and he comes out of the car. And he's a bit agitated, but he's not aggressive at all. No, no, no. He just asks, have you been drinking, doesn't he, as well? He, and he looks a bit like he might have done, doesn't mm. he? He looked a bit rocky. Um and he comes up and they have a similar conversation word wise, but definitely here, Ed is the aggressor. Um, yeah. And then even when, when he sort of starts having a, having a word of him, uh, I would say Gareth actually comes up a bit concerned. And uh, that's when uh, Ed says you were doing 50 uh, in a 40. And he points out, well, no, it's a freeway. It's 60. Mm-hmm. So I'm well within my rights to, to do that down here. And you weren't, I was well under actually. Um, and he says, I'm, I'm going to take your number, I'm going to report you. And that's when Ed absolutely loses it and said, I'm sick of being pushed around. And he starts pushing Gareth and Gareth looks a bit, again, a bit worried. Yeah. And then he just reaches in and he gets the knife and kills it. So it was, Gareth did nothing wrong in that instance. No, I don't think so. Still not sure what the whole point of him being a uh, two-time, I don't know what the whole Tosh thing was about. I don't think that was necessary at all. I don't think that he needed that in the story. I, I think... It's there for the very end. I think that you're starting to see the, okay, we'll, we'll get to it now, shall we? Okay. We've got, we've got the blue flashing lights in the, yes. at the house, which I thought was very well done because you can, you know, the police are there without even seeing them. That's quite clever. Yep. He gets arrested. Yep. We then go to the courtroom. He is sentenced to five years. Yep. He pleads guilty to manslaughter and there's various bits of evidence that sort of uh, help him and like he's got a good track record and so on. Four yeah, years the, later, the, the knives, you know, the, yes. he had a good excuse for having those knives. Yeah, yeah. Uh, four years later, it says at the bottom of the screen, he's released mm. and he's met by Sam. He is. And I'm thinking, no, no. I thought, she is mental. Yeah, well, everyone in this episode's not right. Yep. You know, and I'm thinking, no, this can't be. And he says, thank you for the letters. Mm-hmm. And basically that they, you know, his mum's passed away a few days ago. Yeah. They have a little bit of a kiss. A heart attack, wasn't it? Yeah. And I'm thinking, this can't be right. This is just insane. I wrote that's effed up. That I yeah, exactly. But then we get the realisation that that's, not actually what's happening. It's his mum there to meet him instead. And he's going back to the, the same downtrodden life. And she it's even says, we'll thing. go to the garden centre Saturday. Yeah. Uh, your first taste of freedom. And it's like, I thought to myself, man, that's not real freedom, is it? Because he's still basically 
that's the whole point, isn't it? Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mate, I think the whole episode, the way it was done, the way that Ed and Sam interacted and how he weaseled his way into the family and how she seemed quite affectionate at times towards mm-hmm. him. And then we get the whole thing of there was the affair. And then yeah. we get the moment in the car where Sam is saying that she never really loved him anyway was building up to that moment at the end where they get together. I thought it was done to add... Or to make you think yeah, that she it, could that, plausibly actually... That there was the chance. ...fall yeah. for him anyway. Yes. Okay. That's the way I he was a bit it. of a dick. Mm. Okay. Mm. Okay. Maybe. But, yeah, it's a bit all over the place, isn't it? Yeah, and I, and I would say with that, his face absolutely drops when he realises it is his mum. Yeah, yeah. He gets in the car <laughs> and she is, you know, saying, oh, like you said, first first bit of freedom. And there was a bit on, on the scene when he got to the uh, police, which I thought was really good, when he got home and the flashing lights were there. She came running out panicked. I didn't call them. I promise I didn't call mm-hmm. them. Obviously, they had the argument. He goes, no, I know you didn't. I did. And he seemed very sort of relaxed with it. Um, but I say that is that is the end of the episode. Um, so a lot to unpack on it. Um, so, what are your overall thoughts? And in terms of, is it a keep in mind or is it a murder? I think it tried to be far cleverer than it ended up being. Okay. But the premise was there. Again, maybe it's the time restrictions. I don't know. But. I think this one drops into murder, to be honest. I think I've got to murder it. Um, There was just too much all over the place. Too Mm -hmm. much. Too much. It didn't make sense. Uh, I I think the best part, the best thing, sorry, about this episode is sitting down and having a laugh, talking to you about it. Oh, (laughs) Okay. okay. I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't think I'd go back and watch this again. I don't particularly okay. like any of the characters in it. There's nobody I can sort of relate to or even root for in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not. It's not awful by any stretch of the imagination. There was still enough there to make me go, oh, okay. And, and there's a couple of swerves in there that got me and so on. And but yeah, it's it's definitely not the best we've watched, is it? It's not the best we've watched. Um, it's not. I I'm going to keep it in mind. Just okay. Now, oh yeah, mine, mine's borderline. Don't get me yeah, wrong. There's, but it's just... there, there's a lot of stuff in it, but you know what we do on this show is we kind of unpack. We you know, maybe to, maybe with me reading the notes, we go into too much detail, perhaps. But we we sort of di- digest it and dissect it. Um, and when you do that of anything, I think you find holes. Yes, uh, there was a lot of holes in this. Yes. Um, but it wasn't one of the episodes. One of the one thing that I do count sometimes when I'm watching something is how many times I check how much is left. Okay. And I didn't do that on this one. I didn't look and go, how many minutes have I got left? Right. Uh, I've done that in the past. I did that with last week's episode quite a few times. I did it with Flame. How like, much longer have I got this? I didn't do that with this one at all. Um, I think that uh, there is something, I don't know if enjoyable is the right word, there's something about watching a guy who is so shit at covering his tracks yeah. <laughs> not even trying to cover his tracks I think this is the first one we've had people that are <laughs> crap at it but he didn't even try to cover his tracks at mm. all he didn't do anything he didn't do anything in times in in way of mind of the murderer he did nothing mm. he just happened to be wearing driving gloves 
He left the knife there. He did nothing in terms of trying to cover it up. It just showed that he's off his rocker. So yes. I quite enjoyed the fact it was a bit different in that sense. I think that he, as an actor, was really good in it. I think that Annette Crosby was really good in it. And I think that Lady Payton was really good in it. I think there's enough strong characters. So for me, it just it just survives on uh, on this, really, personally. And when we talk about open-endedness with Murder in Mind, this might be one of the most closed ones. That's what I thought as well, yeah. Because normally, I, I love the open-endedness of it. Mm. But this one, it was a case of, okay, well, that's, you know, what's happened has happened. And that's kind of it, I think, wasn't it? But what, what I would say is, though, there was something about the, and this is just me making it up in my head. There's something about the looks he was given and obviously the arguments and all that kind of stuff. And now he's just been released from prison. He's daydreaming about Sam. Where is Sam? Mm-hmm. Has he got a restraining order against her? Where is? Why is he going to suddenly? He's daydreaming about. Her, why is he suddenly going to stop stalking her? Ah, uh, okay. Why would he? And the other thing I was thinking was part of that. Um, uh, not hallucination. What's the um, fantasy that he had of meeting Sam and kissing her? Was his mum was dead? Yes, that was part of the fantasy. So I've made up in my mind that he's going to kill his mum and try and find Sam. Right. Okay. That's what I've made up in my mind. I think there's See, enough. With that if, little comment about going to the garden centre, I'm like, he's going to kill her. If they made a part two, mm-hmm. I would 100% watch it, which <laughs> is probably a good testament to the show, really. Yeah. You know? I so say I've completely made all that up, but... <laughs> I'd watch that show. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, what about VIPs? Have you got a VIP? Uh, I thought that Sam was quite good. Because mm-hmm. she's got to play the... the supposedly grieving wife and so on um again i thought that the uh the lady who played the mum was good as well yeah because there was quite a there's a switch between voices as well i, I meant to mention this earlier but I, I forgot there's a switch between voices as well when she's talking to jester her son she's got mm-hmm. a bit of an accent and she's proper aggressive and snappy oh, yeah. and nasty but when she's talking to other people she's a proper like polite well-spoken little old lady yeah little and old i thought lady that was good. quite well done i'm probably That's interesting just, yeah I'm probably going to go with her for that more than okay. so than anything else. All right. Yeah, I, I, I would I would agree with that. I actually wrote down on here um, that the last show I really struggled for a VIP because I thought, yeah, that the accents really put me off. I think we ended up going. I ended up going Rob Brydon. Here I had three possible. Mm. Um, but I think, um, yeah, I think I'm going to have to go with Neil that played Ed. Okay. Yeah, I think he did well. I think I think the car- I don't. I think some of the faults that we had were writing faults. I don't think any of the faults were his. I think he played that kind of downtrodden mm. um, middle-aged man with his mum. I think he played that pretty well. I, th- I think it was believable in the character. Um, I think Sam was good, but I don't think I think a lot of people could have done that. But I think uh, I think he needed. I think he needed a certain type of guy to play that character that he played. Um, so I'm just going to go with him. Uh, yeah, a bit of a cop-out to take the lead character again, but <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm going with. Um, oh, fair enough. Well, that, so so there you go. So we've, we've disagreed on one again. Uh, next week, we are looking at Swan Song. Swans, okay. It's called Swan Song. Um, now, the main character in here uh, is played by Michael Greco. Oh, uh... Beppe. Beppe, is that it? Beppe, Beppe. 
the only thing I've ever seen him in apart from EastEnders. Ah, I can give you a Doctor Who alert right now. Was he in it? No. Oh. Beppe in EastEnders. Do you remember yeah. his mum in EastEnders? Yeah. Yeah, she played Leela in the 70s. Yes, she did. Yeah. Yes. There you go. Yeah. She was a really good cat because I watched the Sense back then, but she was only in it for like a year, wasn't she? Mm. I, yeah, I, I, she... Don't, I don't know. She, yeah. Yeah, she yeah. was only in it for a bit. Um, yeah, so we'll see what we make of Beppe uh, playing a different character. And one of the other characters is played by someone called Samantha Robson. And I will tell you right now, Steve O, if you are listening, you need to check out next week's. And if he's not listening, we need to tell him. He's so. Okay. Uh, Samantha Robson is very famous, uh, was very famous for being uh, in the bill. Uh, but she was a character called um, uh, Vicky, and she was there from 1998 to 2001. So peak Steve-O bill time. Okay, right. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and we, we will see what you think. I watched this, I say, when I watched the others. Um, a year ago and I'm very interested to see what you make of this particularly of one particular person in it so uh, right. but yeah Steve-O's going to want to check that out because uh, I've got a feeling he'll, he probably uh, is a bit of a fan of that I don't know what the character was like in the bill but uh, she's a pretty attractive lady so you know I'm not calling Steve-O a pervert of course uh. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said the actress's name it rang mm. a bell but I reckon it must literally have rang a bell from hearing Steve-O talk about her uh, or mention her. <laughs> Maybe. I think it's one of those names because it's, I read that and it's uh, like originally and yeah. it sounds like it's someone else. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> there's a name that like Samantha, what does I say? Samantha Robson, right? Mm-hmm. I think there's either another Samantha Robson or there's like a similar name that's quite right, famous. Okay. That might've been it. Yeah. <laughs> People will be shouting at us like you freaking yeah. idiots. <laughs> I mean, they've been shouting that all the way through this. Episode. <laughs> <laughs> that's more than likely. Um, yeah. So we'll come back next week. Sai, where can we find you and everything that you're involved with all the good stuff? Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, the best place is to look on the social media links for the network that carries this show. And it's at SJP World Media. That's, you know, obviously carries this show and everything else I'm involved in and stuff that loads of other people are involved in as well on Facebook and Twitter. But also check out a follow uh, on all your podcast players, platforms, etc. Subscribe and all that good stuff. There's a little bit of something for everyone, I think. A bit of TV, a bit of wrestling, a bit of sport, whatever. So, yeah, a lot, lot of brilliant people making brilliant shows on that network. So, yeah, go and check it out at SJP World Media. All different kind of formats as well, aren't they? Not just different subject matters. They're all... Yeah, yeah. They've got their own unique sort of uh, formulas and stuff as well, haven't they? So, so. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, we've got some something brilliant people working on there. It's great. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, they will, we'll see you next week. And What about uh, you, Mort? What about you? Where can we find you, Mort? Don't, don't snap off oh, well, like you about yours. <laughs> Ah <laughs> uh, well, we do the Morty and Fitch podcast, which you mentioned earlier. Yes. which is absolute nonsense. It's fantastic. Um, we, uh, I'm going to say thank you to Sai because he did help me um, with the Morty and Fitch podcast. He hasn't been on it yet. Uh, we will get you booked in, but we'll give you the one one on one type deal. So good luck for that. Um, uh, but we, uh, at the time of this coming out, it was a little while ago now. Um, but we've recently released a couple of episodes where me and Fitch had a fake spat uh, mm-hmm. and replaced me with um, your partner from uh, Chain Wrestling, Mags. And uh, you and Mags uh, played along a little bit on Chain Wrestling, sort of building up to that. So thanks for that. 
Uh, yeah, no we really hooked some people in. Some people yes. really believed it. <laughs> and you and Mags looked like you were going to go at it at one point. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the audio version of that show has already come out now. So that's yep. one with all the sound effects added and chucked in as well. So I've chucked a few sound effects in after Mags. You know, I mentioned things about the show as well. So <laughs> Okay, I'll, I'll listen to the audio version as well because I listened live. I said that I was leaving the chat. I was there the whole time. Yes, I saw you meant you commented again right at the very end. So I, was like, yeah. <laughs> I, I was there the whole time. It was just so Fitch came onto the chat and I went, I'm going, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I painted myself as the salty little bitch of the tea because uh, <laughs> it's the most believable option. <laughs> um, but yeah, and then and then since then, we've, we've appeared on a show called Randomizers. So uh, if you get a chance of listening to that, you uh, sign awesome. as well as, as everyone else. Um, a guy called Ben who's been on our show before but me and Fitch appeared on that show together and I don't think Ben's ever going to ask us to do that again <laughs> um, <laughs> UCT podcasts have made that mistake before Randomizer's made it and I think people are learning uh, if you're going to have me and Fitch on together it does end up we don't do it on purpose we do try and really and we're not just arrogant pricks but it does become like our show uh, just sort of chaos and nonsense. So yeah. if you've got a format, no, don't bring us on. If it's literally just, so I says, for example, let's get you two on, let's just chat shit, we'll be fine. Yeah. If there's a format, do not invite us on. So, um, so yeah, give a listen to that. Um, there is there's a lot of nonsense. Um, we all say stuff that we don't realise we're going to say in it. Uh, it's it's good for, at one point i talk about trampling um trampling uh hedgehogs yes isn't it um if you step on half a hedgehog it's unlucky a whole <laughs> you hedgehog. Listened to it. i have listened to it yes <laughs> so, well, they were talking about crazy pavement or something yeah that's said, right. if you in, tread sweden, on... in sweden they got letters on or something isn't it some yeah something like this and if you tread on a whole one it's okay but if you tread on half of one it's bad luck something like that and i said oh yeah i'm like that with hedgehogs <laughs> i don't know why i said it <laughs> just <laughs> became this whole thing uh, you've heard the umbrella comment then oh, oh opening the umbrella <laughs> yeah. in house yes yeah. yes uh so that as well took me by surprise and i'm the one that said it so go and have a listen uh it's it's good it's good fun it's absolutely nonsense but um yeah, we, we enjoy doing it, um, and for as long as we enjoy doing it and some people enjoy listening, we're going to keep doing it. So, uh, so yeah, that's where you can find us. Uh, you can also find me at MultiJR5 on Twitter, if you so wish. Uh, we will be back here uh, on the Murder in Mind pod next week. Mm-hmm.